Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Tonight, for your goodness, we give you thanks for the website. We give you thanks, Lord, that uh, we are uh, being transformed from glory to glory unto excellence. And everything that is in our hand to do with excellence. We give you thanks for Luis Orozco and installing the front doors, Lord. And uh, the new uh, keys and all the things that they're requiring of us, Lord. And you are adding to us, Lord. We give you thanks for the internet live streaming and the upgrade to HD and the cameras. And we just pray that we continue to live for your glory. And that we partake of the beautiful things. And that our meditation would be on the awesome things of our awesome God who wants to fill the earth with his glory, with the character, with the characteristics of joy, of peace, of righteousness, of strength, of wisdom, of forgiveness, Lord, everything that characterizes Christ, humility. And Lord, as we are walking into these things, we're walking away from pride. We're walking away from selfishness unto love. We're walking away from resentment and bitterness and defeat and despair into hope, faith, and love. We pray that your word would be our strong place. We would be rooted and grounded in your word, unmoved, evermore growing in love, the width, the length, the depth, the height of your character and the fullness of who you are, Lord, that we might come into those things that are ours, not because we work for them or pay for them, but because Christ paid that price, O oh God, and there's a large inheritance of a life of abundance. He says, I have come to bring life and to give it to you more abundantly, Lord. Allow us to be the expressions of fruitfulness and prosperity, O oh God. Allow health to come into our families, Lord, as we forsake, Father, all sickness, illness, all health issues, Lord, and we inherit your peace and your blessing. We declare it in Jesus' name. By the stripes, we have been made whole and healed, O oh God. We pray, Father God, that, and we declare the victories of the Lord over our lives. Prosper your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The hallmark of exaltation for our lives, and that means increase, is righteousness. Psalm 34, 14. And, and you guys, uh, we are having a serious issue in every front of society uh, men don't know how to be men. Husbands don't know how to be husbands. Fathers are not fathering. Uh, uh, those that are called to lead are not leading. But, but here is the truth, and it's, it's righteousness exalts a nation. Proverbs 34, 14. I said Psalm, but let's go to Proverbs 34, 14. No, it's not going to be 34, 14 either. Let me see what's going on here. Um, it is this, this uh, reality... I got 3414. Let me see. That has to be a typo. Um, it is this reality that we need to implement in our lives because the nation is only the result of individual lives. Um, and the more we walk in right living, um, okay, Proverbs 1434, I had it backwards. Um, from time to time that happens. Um, the more right living we do, the, more, the less wrong living we do. 
And I don't know anybody who lives wrongly, who lives joyfully. All the pains that we suffer in the world is because things have gone wrong. And so Christ has come to restore all things and to make all things right. So if righteousness exalts a nation, then sin is a problem, is shameful, and it doesn't exalt, it humiliates any people. Anytime there's things that are wrong in our life. So, so here is the problem that we have, that people, when, when the president stands up in his inaugural speech and saying, I want to establish in this nation same-sex marriages. When he's saying that, and he's our leader, and he was appointed our leader to make sure that we flourish, that we prosper as a nation. And we know that the scriptures are going to be fulfilled. We know that if we don't walk in righteousness, instead of being an exalted leadership nation, we're, we're, we're going to have issues. There's going to be serious problems. And, and the Lord for a season seems to not respond. But I'll tell you that as I saw the president in his inaugural speech stand there to defy, in, in, you know, the word defiance, stand against God and says, I'm going to go in this direction. And, and we saw Jonah go in, in a direction, you know, there's a big fish coming. There's, there's issues that are going to take place and we're all going to be witnesses because the Lord will not be without a witness. Um, oftentimes, I look at Psalm 50 and, and I want, here's, here, let's get this clear tonight. We're not finger pointing tonight. I want to learn wisdom. So what we're discussing tonight is to usher God's truth into my life, into your life, into my family, into your family, into our church, into our nation, and that we might be instruments of God for our generation. So we're not, we're not, we're not, pointing fingers, and not, we're not picking at people. We are pressing forward into a mindset. And so when I read Psalm 50, look what, what God's, here's God's vantage point. Verse 16, we're reading Psalm 50, verse 16. To the wicked, God says, what right do you have to declare my statutes and take my covenants in your mouth? Seeing you didn't like instruction, you, didn't, you, you weren't favorable with being instructed. When the word of God came forth, you chose to cast it behind your back and not let it lead you. The Bible says the words of God are a lamp unto our feet so we could walk in them, not to cast at our back. When you saw someone who is subtracting that's a thief. A thief subtracts. You said, Amen. When you saw somebody doing something not the way God wants it, you agreed with him. When you have become a partaker with an adulterer, and he says, if you, you can't serve God in the world, you're an adulterous generation. You can't see things like God sees them and sees them like the world sees them. We, we can't do that. That's adultery. That's serving two gods, uh, having two lovers. You gave your mouth to evil. You were repeating things that the world repeats. Your tongue 
was setting everything in a bunch of non-foundation lies. You sat and spoke against your brother. You slandered your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I have kept silent. And, and it's a scary thing when things are going against what God desires, and there's no consequence. Why is it scary? I used to, I used to tell my clients like that all the time. A mom used to come in and, and tell me my son is... Um, breaking into houses and he doesn't know it's wrong and if he's breaking into houses a young teenager what and he doesn't know it's wrong what's gonna happen when nothing happens he's gonna keep on doing it until something happens so when we walk contrary to God and he says these things verse 21 Psalm 50 21 these things you're doing I have pretended like it doesn't matter and because I pretended like it didn't matter, the second part says, you thought I was in on it with you. You thought I was in agreement. Can we get over thinking that God likes doing things wrong? Some guys uh, I've heard drive over to a striptease bar they drive over to their girlfriend's house when their wife doesn't know they're going, and they think like this, well, if God doesn't let me get in an accident before I get there, he wants me to go. They, you know, they're just crazy mindset, you know? But the truth of the matter is that God is noticing, and his being quiet is an opportunity for us to turn, and he says, you thought I was like you, I was thinking like you because I wasn't doing anything. But I will rebuke you. And I'll come and set things order before your eyes. Meditate on this, you who forget God's nature, because you're about to be torn up into pieces, and there's going to be no medicine. There's not going to be anyone to save you. Whoever offers praises and glorifies and promotes me to him who orders his conduct aright, I will come and save. So in a country where we not only are doing things wrong, now we're standing up boldly at the bringing into power the leadership of this nation, saying we're going to go forward in this course. And I'm like, oh, no. They're going to, 18-wheeler, going head-on to a brick wall. You guys heard the story of, and this is an illustration of pride, uh, a huge aircraft carrier. I don't know how many airplanes they carry, but they've been told of 25, 40 huge jets, military. Those of you that know more about military know that uh, they're huge. People live on them like six months out of the year. They don't, they don't have to come to land. It's a self-sustaining, uh, existing city. And hundreds of people live on that aircraft carrier. And so the admirable, admiral on that, on that aircraft carrier says, it was nighttime, he's going full blast. He notices a light up ahead, he says, uh, this is uh, Admiral Johnson. I want you to 
uh, move to the left because I'm coming full-fledged. And uh, he hears a voice, no, Adam Ramal, I think you're the one that needs to move, and you better start moving to the left before. He says, don't you understand? This is Admirable five-star commander of the USS aircraft carrier. Move to the right. And he said, no, sir, you're going to have to move. And he, he was like insulted until uh, right before he was about to meet that, he says, this is a lighthouse. And uh, what you're seeing is going to cause your horrible, sour result. And so the same thing with the aspect of pride. And I want to tell you, we've been infected by, by pride. Um, man, his continual issue are, are issues of pride. And so God stands up against it in a horrible mindset. There's going to be two groups of people in the coming days. Those that stand in pride and those that stand in the nature of Christ, with it, which is humility. In the book of Habakkuk, uh, the, the prophet is going insane. He sees everything upside down. And I want you to know what the root of everything upside down is, including, again, we're not pointing fingers. We're not above the rest. We just want to recognize what the infection is. And the infection and the cause of all of man's waywardness in Habakkuk uh, chapter 1, we see the prophet going really insane before the Lord and his witness, and, and he's saying, how long, Lord, are you going to put up with this mess? How long is everything out of order? And look at how wickedness, uh, we're reading Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2, the cry of everything upside down, and, and I, I want to, again, I want this to be your heart and the heart of those people that are in your life and in your family and in your church. And they're all saying this one thing. Why are things out of order? Ask yourself that question. My family is so messed up. My finances are so messed up. My marriage is so out of order. And so you want to know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to squash this thing like a roach. What is going on here? And so that's the cry. Look at violence. The word violence comes from violating. Everything that, that is out of order. Um, violations. You know, when you get a violation, you get a traffic violation, you're out of order in the way you drive. Um, you violate zoning laws. You violate the school procedures. All this, that's violence. Um, I was on TV once and, and they were interviewing us. And uh, they, they were there on a transvestite, a transgender, a man who dressed like a woman. And he, uh, his name was Robert, and now it's his name was, her name was Abigail. And she goes, the way you're talking is violent talk. I go, no, no, no. The way you're living is violent. Because you're violating the order of manhood. You have, you have crushed the boundaries. And so the prophet is saying, Lord, everything's out of order. And you will not address it. You will not fix it. And, and so we go to Habakkuk chapter 2. The next, God tells him, listen, I'm going to fix it. Let's, let's read that real quick. Where God says, I'm going to fix it. Um, 
Verse 3, why do you show me everything upset and cause me to see trouble? You see everything upside down and violence is right in front of my nose. There is strife and contention arising. So many arguments, so many disagreements, so uh, an inability. Listen to me. I, I, was, I was... There is the power of God in agreement. Amen. When two people agree on anything on the earth, it shall be done to them. That's what Jesus said. Now, let me ask you something. When have you ever seen two people agree? Have you ever seen that? No. No. We have just a particle percentage of agreement in what we've done in 15 years in this church. Just a percentage that, you know, one in one hundredth millionth of a second Whenever something has been said, somebody said, Amen. Hey, we're going to paint the walls uh, gray color. No, not gray, man. We're going to get some seat. No, not. So there's no agreement. And so there's power in agreement and there's powerlessness in disagreement. Uh, We were driving down the street one time and it was dinner time. There's six of us in our family. And so we're saying, where are we going to eat? Hamburgers, cheeseburgers, ribs, chicken. Not one person agreed for anything. And so the older you get, and you know you're not going to have your way, because the older you get, you learn that, that somebody else is going to overpower you so you don't say nothing. But Christina was young. She says, I want McDonald's. I said, listen, you're the last one to get here. You're the last one. You're, you're six years old. We're definitely not going to do what you say. You, you, you got to learn that, that here we're trying to get into an agreement. So um, we're having these issues on a daily basis, on a, on a moment-by-moment basis. Even the things we agree to agree upon, people start doing their own thing as soon as you, hey, we're going to, okay, okay, I'll see you there. We're, okay, we're going to, and you hang up, and psh, so things change. And, and so you see the hallmark of the inability to agree, and it's all because of pride. All of it. And so he's seen everybody in every direction, every sin. It says, verse 4, because everybody is doing everything their own way, then there is no consensus. The law is powerless, and what God desire never comes forth. And the wicked overpower the righteous. Those people that promote confusion, sedition. Uh, the, the sedition, well, you should learn that word real good, because sedition is going against leadership. Lawful leadership. Because if you ever saw Mutiny on the Bounty, which was a movie about uh, men overpowering the captain and taking over the ship, they were leading and their leadership was going against who? The captain of the ship. Everybody had come into agreement to not follow the leader. And the same thing happened in Israel at the desert. Who was appointed the leader to bring the people into the promised land? Moses. Who did they not want to lead? Moses. 
And why? It's, it's a viral infection in the nature of man to be contrary to the nature of God. And it's the word pride. And it's pride. And it's pride to think that, that you would have an opinion. It's pride to think that you have the answer. It's pride to think that you know more than your wife and that she knows more than you and your daughters want to rule the house. And I've seen, listen to me, this is so that you get... Uh, comforted in this, I've seen a six-month-old baby lead and decide what's going to happen in his home. Six months. He doesn't even know how to talk, and he rules the roost and the rooster. He's telling his dad what to do. He tells his mom what to do, and they're all following a six-month-old midget who doesn't know how to talk and has no teeth. And that is viral. So here it is. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. Things don't turn out right when the wrong people are leading, when the wrong people are walking. So in chapter 2, verse 4, well, we we went on to say, uh, the Lord in verse 5 says, Look, amongst the nation, be watch. I want you to watch this. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you're not even going to believe, even if it were told to you, I am indeed raising up the enemies, a bitter and hasty nation. The enemy will come in and march in the breath of the earth to possess the dwellings that are not theirs. I'm going to raise up people that will come against those who walk in pride. And so after God tells them, I'm going to take care of this, Chapter 2, verse 4, there's just going to be two groups of people. People walking in humility, following the Lord. And there's going to be a group that's walking in pride that has decided they're never going to do what's right. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. Just, Just way down deep inside, it doesn't matter what's going on, he's going to go against it. Why? Say with me, pride. It's pride. They could play on no team because he doesn't play as a team. He's making decisions based on himself. And, and, and that's the nature, and you say it with me, of Satan. See, there was a team in heaven. And it's still there. It's a glorious team. But he was part of that team and decided... I'm not going to play on the team. And the Bible says he was lifted up in an expression of pride. So Isaiah chapter 14 says, You, Satan, have lifted yourself up in a manner which is inconsistent. Verse 11, Isaiah 14, 11, You... Your pomp, magnificence are brought down low to hell, to the underworld. Along with all your beauty, with all your giftedness, with everything you are, the expressions of everything God gave you, you will be brought down low and you will be covered in worms. 
The maggot is spread under you. Verse 12, how you have fallen from heaven, bright and morning star, Lucifer, son of the morning, how you're cut down to the ground, you who were strong in, in weakening the nations. Verse 13, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit above the mount of God. I will sit at the farthest side of the north. Verse 14. I will ascend. He's full of who? I. I will, I will. I will ascend to the highest of clouds. I will be like God himself. I will call the shots. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever got upset because you were wanting something, you were desiring something, you had felt something, made a decision, and it wasn't being considered? I remember getting back like two years ago from Spain, and in Spain they taught me how to do a Spanish tortilla. And uh, they said, this is the way you're supposed to do it. And they gave me all the ingredients. They gave me the format. And so I was in my house, and I started doing this Spanish tortilla. And my father-in-law comes over, and he says, you don't know what you're doing. Get out of the way. I just started boiling. My blood started, but this is, this is now physical. I started boiling, and I was angry, not with him, not with doing the tortilla. I was upset at why I was getting upset. I was like, Joaquin, this guy is trying to show you how to do a tortilla. And it's apparent you're not doing it right, so he wants to help you. And I kept on boiling. I couldn't stop. I was angry. I was like, why did this guy get involved? Why is he here? This is my house, my kitchen, my Spanish tortilla. And, and that, at the root of all things, was an attitude that I want out of my life. I want out of my life because it doesn't serve any good purpose to think that I know what I'm doing when I don't. When somebody's trying to speak into me something that will allow me to have a good tortilla. <laughs> and so here Satan had no room. And I want to promote this. I want to uh, proclaim this. Ever since that moment to this day, he continues to walk in pride. And he's infecting everybody around him with an attitude of self-sufficiency. And so he comes down to the earth and he tells man, you don't have to listen to God. You can lift up and be like God yourself. That's, that, our order of creation is to be like God. And God's order of creation is Christ. And he is the, the amazing Model where he says, Learn from me, for I am humble and meek. Learn. Look how I do stuff. The Bible says in Philippians 2, He humbled himself and took the form of a servant. He obeyed to the point of death and death on a cross. He had no self agenda. He says, I only speak what my Father speaks, I only walk the way, the pattern that is shown to me. I'm, I'm just doing. And he, he cried out, God, not my will. And that is the character of God. And, and the devil's character is, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. 
And Jesus is saying, not my will. So the nature of Satan is pride. The nature of Christ is humility. Then he gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. And, and listen to me, just so that it doesn't stay on an intellectual level. Every molecule in our body and existence needs to be removing pride from every, every little area of our existence. We, we need to die to that at, at aggressive level so that we talk about this tonight. C.S. Lewis says, the utmost evil in the world that is necessary for the expression of every sin is pride. Immorality, anger, greed, drunkenness, all these expressions of sin are but flea bites in comparison to pride. The pride, through pride, the devil became the devil. Pride leads us to every other vice and sin. Pride, here it goes, this is what C.S. Lewis says, is a complete anti-God state of mind. Pride doesn't give you any expression of God showing up. And so that's why Habakkuk was going crazy. And that's why he was seeing everything all over the place. Look at the proud. His soul is not right within him. So that's why he's doing everything wrong. But the just shall live by faith. The just shall walk like God wants them to walk. And so um, we, we need in these next couple of days, in the next couple of months... We need to be on a war path to stamp out arrogance and pride from our heart. Because it's not going to lead us anywhere where we want to go. Proverbs 16.5 says, Every proud and arrogant heart is an abomination to God. God is not trying to train. God is not trying to minimize and say, okay, you have like a 90% pride level in your life. Let's take it down to a 10% level. He's not trying to make you less pride, proudful. He's trying to have that out of your life in two seconds. Out completely, 100%. Not one molecule of pride in your thoughts. Every proud heart is an abomination to the Lord, even though they join forces. Have you seen people join forces? They lock elbows. It's like, let's, let's go again. Brother, I told one man, you better get out of the way because a steamroller's coming. A steamroller. And, and, you know, cartoons are good for that because they show you what happens, you know, when a steamroller comes by. You guys have seen it, right? You've never seen anyone withstand something that's coming full force against a spirit of pride. Uh, God did not play with that in the heavens. He's not playing that with that in the earth. In, in, the, in the book of Acts, this is one of, the, one of the verses that gives me goosebumps every time I read it uh, because of the forcefulness by which it comes. 
Acts chapter 12, and uh, we're going to re- start reading um, verse 20. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, so they sent a delegation to make peace with him. Uh, because their cities were dependent on his food. And the delegates won the support of Blastus Herod's personal assistant, so he gave them an appointment to meet uh, with Herod and ask for peace because their country was supplied with food by this king's country. Now, this is the New Testament, and it's all alliances of men and governments and laws. And the Bible says in verse 21 that the appointment was granted to meet with Herod. When the day arrived, Herod dressed in his fine royal apparel and sat on his throne. And he gave a speech. He, he was, he's he's going to pull out his finest language. How many know how to do that? How, do, how many know how to articulate your finest argument to win, you know, in, in any expression. And, and that's why it's important for us in the coming days to say, you know something, Lord? I'm going to leave it to you. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to get all fancy and sophisticated, right? We, we know what sophisticated means, all stupid. And we're not going to go there. But he went there, and he, he was ready to, to, to put forth his argument. Verse 22. And the people were shouting, sounds like God. Man, he's doing good. Wow, look at him. Raise up an argument that that clearly has to be the way we need to go. This is like God speaking himself. Have you ever spoken like that? I know you have. You're advocating your cause, and the Holy Spirit has told you, shut up. The pastor has told you, hey, be quiet. Let let God do his thing. And you're about to give your your finest performance. And this man was, and everybody's going, man, we're hearing God. He's not talking like man. He's taking the, he's going to take it. He's going to take it to the end. This guy, this guy's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win. Uh, you know, um, the voice of Satan, I'm going to go to the mountain. I'm going to go to the highest. I will take the throne. And everybody's like, yeah, go Satan. Go Satan. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. And then they're like, oh, how you fallen, brother? Boy, you fell. Man, you were strong. You had everybody believing you're taking heaven over. You had everybody believing. You had a, the Bible says a third of the angels were following And this man is immediately struck by the Lord. Because walking in pride, he did not give glory to God. And when he was struck dead in an instant, he was eaten by worms and died. In Venezuela, a couple of years ago, a man stood up and says, I curse Israel. And the Bible says, he who curses you shall be cursed. And I don't know how these people know that this stuff is in the Bible, and they don't care. 
and they're going to say, I'm going to say whatever. I'm going to do whatever. I, I don't understand that. So I, that's why I get goosebumps every time I read this passage. For 25 years I've been reading this, and I was like, man, I don't understand it. In an instant, all his hype and glory was gone because of the issue of pride. All his strength was diminished. And that's where God says that pride and arrogance is an abomination to God. Proverbs 16.5 says, Every proud heart, every proud expression is a disgust, exceedingly, highly offensive to the Lord. Be sure they will not go unpunished. They're not going to go without situation. Isaiah 2.11, this is, posture this into your theology, my friend. Make sure that you know that God will not tolerate any expression of pride, any attitude. And it says there, the lofty looks of men shall be humbled. The haughtiness of men shall bow down. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. God alone will stand. His counsel will stand. And, and they, Proverbs 28 says, they will be brought to their knees and fall. Is that what it says in Proverbs 28? Let's, let's try Psalm 28. Psalm 28 says like this, and, and, and it's being written, they have bowed down and fallen, but we will rise and stand upright. We're not going to walk in arrogance. We're not going to walk in pride. Proverbs 29, 23. A man's proudful thoughts shall bring him low. That's the direction of pride. There's no, there's no lifeline there. A man's pride will bring him low. But the humble in spirit will retain honor. Proverbs eleven two. Pride comes and, and then right after pride comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Lord, I think I know what I need to do, but could you please tell me? Lord, I'm looking at this in a way that I perceive, but you know, Lord, I'm just a worm. I'm just a servant that is unuseful. And I know that you have greater thoughts. I know that God knows a way better than my way every time. Every time. So the more we know this, the more we have that aspect of waiting and knowing that God is faithful. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before the fall. Proverbs 18.12, before his downfall, a man's heart is proud. I, I witness, uh, and this happens many times in businesses. I've seen this all my life uh, as, as a businessman, as a lawyer. Men will go and grab a business and start acting different. Oh, I'm making a lot of money now so I could cheat on my wife. I'm like, Man, that's going to be taken away like this. In a second, this man who raises up is soon to be uh, walking very out of prosperity. 
Isaiah 66, verse 2, is God says, This is who I will listen to. For all those things my hand has made, all things that exist, says the Lord. But on this one I will look, one who is poor, one who has a humble spirit and trembles at my word. One who is nervous about God having a different way of doing things when it doesn't even seem right, when it doesn't even look right. And so this is whom I will look on. This is whom I will show forth my power and might. And so a lot of us, and, and I'm, I include myself in that, I'm going to press even more in the direction of humility in the coming days. I'm going to press more in the nature of, of God. Humility. And, and less on self-sufficiency. Less on, on, on being concerned as the Lord is trying to lead me. Because many times our pride will deceive us. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 3. There is the nature of pride is deception. When I know everything, I tell everything and I'm going everything. You're deceived my friend. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You said that you dwell in a safe, solid mansion, in a refuge. Your habitation is so lofty, you say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? There's a man in, in Mexico we met, had 300 employees. He had a contract for 10 years. He had a $100,000 contract. And you know what he uttered with his mouth? This, this is just like foolishness. These were the last words out of his mouth. Ready? Not even God can stop me now. What got into this man? What, 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 I'm going to say it like it is. What possessed him? Right after saying those words, he received a phone call Monday morning. Who do you think it was? The lady that had given them the contract. And these were her words. We will not be needing you anymore. From having 250 employees to zero. With the expression of one heart-bent attitude. And so homeless. I'm talking about homeless. The bank came in and took his house and wanted to take his children. They didn't want to take everything. He had to leave the country. He had to leave that, that side of the country and go to the other side of the country. And now he's selling loaves of bread on a bicycle around Mexico. And so, so it was in Daniel chapter 4. Verse 30, the, the attitude of those who lift themselves up and say, nobody could bring me down from this high place. Daniel 4.30, is this not great Babylon I've built as my royal residence by my mighty power for the glory of my majesty? Isn't my life impressive that I do whatever I want, however I want? I don't even consider what God wants. I don't even lean upon his desire, his will. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling, I'm doing good. And the Bible says um, in the next verse, 
while the word was still coming out of the mouth of the king, thus came a voice from heaven that says, Hey, buddy, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. You have just lost all things. Your kingdom has departed from you. Daniel 5.20 explains it a little bit more accurately when the Bible says like this, Daniel 5.20, he says, but when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was dispossessed of his kingly throne and they took away from him his glory. Famous last words. That's what that is. Famous last word. Job 20, verse 6 says, When a man's pride reaches the heavens, though his pride raises him up so his head touches the clouds, that's, that's pretty high. Though he's lifted up in high levels of success, verse 7 says, He shall be flushed down the toilet. He shall perish like his own refuse his own crap those who saw him high and lifted up will say hey where did that guy go man that guy was big that guy was prominent that guy had a place amongst God's people but something befell his heart that is a viral infection a viral infection that we need to remove from ourselves Many times we say, no, the way people are treating me is why I feel this way. What came out, what was inside there. And the Bible says clearly in the book of, uh, let's go read it, Mark 7, verse 21, from within, from within and, and straight from that heart of man comes all wickedness including, verse 22, pride, foolishness. That's the heart right there. It's in there. we got to get it out because we will recognize that it's God who exalts. It's God who promotes. It's God who, at his proper time, Psalm 75, verse 2, when the proper time comes... I will judge a matter the way it's supposed to be judged. I, at, at, I will choose the right time to judge whether something will go up or something will go down based on what? Pride. If there's humility, it will be exalted. If there's pride, it will come down. Verse 3, when the earth totters, when it moves and all inhabitants in it, Will, will be dissolved, I will set up firm foundations. I will set up firm building. Verse 4. I said to the boastful, do not deal proudly. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Don't lift up an attitude. Every time something came against Moses, what would he do? He'd throw himself to the ground. The Bible says he was the meekest and most humble of all men. The Bible says, do not lift your horn. Do not speak with a stiff neck. I'm, 
I'm not going to. Look, brother. Don't do that. For exaltation comes from neither the east nor the west nor from the south. Verse 7. It is God who judges to put down one and exalt another. You keep on reading that and you'll find out that God is serious about. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup. There is, it is He who will mix. It is fully mixed. He will weigh it out. He will pour it out. Surely it drags all the wicked of the earth. Drain and drink down. Verse 9. But I declare, says the Lord, and rejoice forever. I will sing His praises to the God of Jacob. Verse 10. For all the horns of the ungodly will be cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. God gives you the power to make wealth. He gives you the power to walk in prosperity. Jeremiah 9.23, and we finish with this verse, says, Let no one boast that he is wise or skillful. Don't go around strutting yourself like a, a peacock. Let not the wise glory in his wisdom. Let not the strong man say, look how strong and mighty I am. Let not the rich glory in his riches. Verse 24, let him understand, he who glories, glory in that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, and I exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. I delight in these things. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. I will punish all those who walk wrongly. I will address all that. That's coming. I will address all that. Let's stand tonight and, and with the same spirit of the Lord, you know, I, I used to think that, that humility was something that, that circumstances in life had to bring to me. I says, well, I'll just wait till a baseball bat hits me in the forehead and puts me out on the ground and then that, that'll be time for God to raise me up. But you know something? I read something here that allowed me to understand that, that this is my, what the Lord desires me to do in a manner in which He could then bring me up. In a manner which He could then use me in a manner that is profitable. James 4. Oh, Lord. Let me find that because it's very important. James 4.10 Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. You know, I, I, it's, I don't think that this, this exhortation for us to take on the spirit and nature of Christ and humility and it's something that has to be our reality. God will confront us otherwise. And then the other thing is to pass that on to our loved ones. Um, who don't have a semblance of understanding and 
and it's not real to them. For some people, this message is considered self-serving. Oh, he's just saying that because he's trying to manipulate or he's trying to force me. Listen, my friend, if you had the Spirit of God, you would know what happened here tonight. And let the church hear what the Spirit of God is, 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 is sharing with the church. Father, I thank you tonight for your loving kindness towards our life. For you do not take delight in afflicting your people. But when we go astray, you are faithful to afflict us, Lord. When our attitudes raise up and we contend with the counsel and direction of the Lord and we're defiant and stiff-necked, and proud and lift up our opinions and even raise our voice to be heard louder than the counsel of God. The only thing that withstands is situations where our enemies dispossess us of the territory you've given us. Instead of glory, we suffer shame. Instead of strength, we are weakened. And these things are so that we might boast in the Lord that we might make our boast in your strength. And as you direct us and teach us, as your spirit speaks to us and imparts to us your wisdom, crown us with the favor of those who walk in humility. Let us have the same mind that was in Christ, that he took no reputation even though he was God. He humbled himself and took the form of a servant. And in obedience took up the cross and lost his life that you might raise him to have a name above all names and that at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess our inheritance and our humility is greater than our self-asserting self-serving manner in which we empower control circumstance and situation we lose territory, Lord. I pray, O oh God, that you would have mercy upon us and deliver us. And that you would deliver us from this body of death and this nature of sin. And that we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. For we want to see your glory and not ours. We want to see your counsel and your favor and fruitfulness. Give us the spirit of Christ. Let us be strong in the Lord. Let us boast that we know Him, we understand Him. Not in our might and in our wisdom, in our experience. Not in our finances, our gold and silver. But You are our strength. We humble ourselves before You that You might exalt us in due season. We need Your expression of glory to cover our lives, our families, our marriages, our homes, our church. This church would be raised up not because of its self-sufficiency and its self-assertion, but because your mercies are renewed towards us. Because, Lord, our heart is not an abomination to you, but you take pleasure in living a life of faith, of confidence in you. We proclaim blessing and peace to those who embrace humility, O oh God. And that every man would forsake his high cleft, his high refuge, his high ground, 
and trust in the Lord as his strong tower. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.